everybody. Uh, it was an incidental Seinfeld voice. Have you ever seen that episode? Hello. Hello. He don't, he, uh, <laughs> that's a great... We could have no time to waste on this episode of Southeast Iowa Union Sports Talk Live, but I'm going to because there's an episode of Seinfeld where... Uh, his, it's a long story, but they keep doing this hello, and then his, his girlfriend doesn't like it, and so he dumps her so he can still say the voice. Very funny episode. Anyway, welcome to Southeast Iowa <laughs> Union Sports Live. Uh, this is uh, Andy Kretzinger. I'm here with Mr. Hunter Moeller. Yeah. How's it going? And Nick Steffens on the ones, twos, threes, fours, and fives over there. And uh, we come to you live on Wednesdays at 2 o'clock, a little early today, uh, with a little bit of high school and college and small college sports mm-hmm. coverage, chat, analysis, expert analysis, whatever you want to call it. And uh, we are. we are. The experts that we are, uh, capital J journalists that we are. We are here talking um, some wrestling and basketball, a bowling today. Uh, we're on Washington Lives, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, and Mount Pleasant Live and Fairfield Lives Facebook. So mm-hmm. hello, everyone. Watch us live and on replay. Uh, how's life, Hunter? Hey, uh, pretty good, man. <laughs> I don't know what else been, to say, uh, but... Uh, busy. Yeah, we've just been very busy, We're in the postseason now, and uh, we're winding down here. Postseason in the winter might be the busiest. Yeah, like right at right right kind of in between, like when the the wrestling postseason meets, like just the start of the basketball postseason. I'd say yeah. that's the busiest time. It, it used to be uh, they don't we don't do sectionals anymore for wrestling. There used to be two before you go to state, mm. and that used to be like the like all right, life is getting crazy right here at sectionals because then every single weekend we're also at. Well, Especially when you're uh, you know you got 31 wrestlers that are wrestling. This yeah, that's and, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, 32, I think. Yeah, 32, I think you're one 32, short. 32. 32. And speaking and, uh, of. Yeah. Um, it was a wild uh, state wrestling meet. As we said, we had 32 kids go this um, this year, all in 1A and 2A. And we had a, a couple threatened for a state title. Well, we had three semifinalists, right? Yep. And um, you're going to talk a little bit about our, our finalist, uh, Dominic Lopez, uh, 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 the now most winningest wrestler in Iowa high school history. Yep. Uh, did not quite uh, uh, get the, uh, not really bounces, but the mat to roll his way in the end of that uh that um, championship. So, what did you see uh, in in Dom's match there? He got second at uh, uh, one sixty. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it came down to pretty much the two most dominant guys out of the bracket. Obviously, uh-huh. Logan Magnolia's uh, uh, White Rise. Uh, he was the number one rated wrestler at one sixty. Obviously, um, Dom coming in uh, second rated. Um, uh, Lopez was fifty seven and zero. If you count all the uh, matches that he won up into that point, he ended that one. Rice fifty one and zero. Uh, I believe uh, with this win, now Rice is a three-time state champ. But mm-hmm. uh, really, it was you know a pretty good match. I know I wasn't able to get it up live, but I was watching it on the, the dashboard. I know yeah, you were watching it live. I was watching but, it live on video. But, I mean, um, you know, really, it was kind of you know tight throughout, obviously. Um, you know, they kind of went back and forth. Um, Dom in the uh, right kind of late in the second period had to get an escape, I believe, or third period. Yeah. Had to get an escape, and he got the escape, and then Matt nodded it up at uh, 4-4, and then... You know, after the third period, um, it was at four four. So, you know, they're forced to go to that first overtime period, and obviously, you know, we know that's where it was decided there. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Dom gave up a takedown early, early. in the first, and um, so he, and then he got the escape. So he was down one, and so he, and and then he got his in the second right, mm-hmm. and I think he got his takedown to go up. Did he go up four three? I don't think when he, he got I don't that? Think he went up because uh, or he tied. Right. Maybe. Uh, it was two one, and then Rice got a takedown first, I believe. 
Yeah. And well, then, either, then he, yeah. There was at one point, I think at the end of the second, where Dominic had had gotten a takedown, and then Rice was able to escape to get that one point, and that was the difference between this is probably going to overtime yeah. uh, versus Dom just needs to get up and escape in the third mm. to to win this thing. And then in the overtime, so um, he went to overtime, yep. and it was a weird situation where it seemed like Dominic had position. Uh, I think he had his leg there. Yep. And then the kid just kind of slipped out at the last second, and and it was a little controversial. I think I, some people are I've talked to have said that should not have counted. Some people say it should have counted. The announcers there said said uh, no, his you know um, you know they think he got it off in time. But I mean he he um, beat Dom in the last two seconds of the match, mm-hmm. maybe one second of the match. Heartbreaker for sure. And you know the, I think the thing that people thought it was so you know like you know why why would they give him the takedown? Is I heard that they were discussing it for like quite a while they, they like and originally originally the you know the head referee said that it wasn't a takedown i think yeah this is from my understanding what i heard and then and then the assistant referee said no it was a takedown or something they went with his decision or there, there was like a pause that they did he didn't give him the two uh you know there were people yelling to like they always do for yeah. um for the kid from uh for rice and uh, they just talked a little bit and they were both standing i i was watching don when i saw it uh live i had a feeling they were going to give him two points. Yeah, I had a feeling that it was going to, it was over, um, and it's just, it's such a crazy situation because you know um, Coach Mark Cherry tried to argue it, but they're literally once you decide who the state champion is or whatever round it is, they're scooting you off the mat like it's over. Yeah, you know, yeah, there's yeah. not a lot of time to to try and talk them out of it. So once they give them that two points, it's it's over, and it was a tough one uh, because um, he had but obviously state championship potential. It was, in my opinion, probably the highest. Like I looked through the championship matches, and between the two of them, they had won uh, something like 420 matches, yep. which had to have been the the top of any state championship match. Mm-hmm. And it was somebody who's went to it was it was Dom, who's the all time winningest wrestler in Iowa history mm-hmm. matches wise, and a four time semifinalist versus someone who had been top five four times and yep. is now three time champion. So the accolades are pretty crazy. Yeah, and you just got to kind of feel bad for you know Lopez just because like Definitely. he had such a you know crazy career and that was like kind of the one thing you were searching for. You know that's what I. You know, when I uh, interviewed him for that kind of preview of him ending up there. Uh, uh-huh, yeah, you interviewed him right like the, before he went up, yeah, right? Yeah, right before he went up, and that was kind of the one thing, you know, last kind of piece of the puzzle that he was looking for in his career. Uh, but never, nevertheless, obviously, uh, you know, <laughs> winning this wrestler in Iowa State history, you can't complain about that too much. shows, uh, you know, how good you were. So Yeah, and, you know, that shows uh, the, st- the certain weight classes – 160 is hard to win at and yeah. certain weight classes. And, you know, um, those two are both seniors. They were in the same weight class last year. Sometimes they're just a group of really good wrestlers that are right in that same area, and they're always in the same bracket, and only one yep. kid can can win. So that was a, a tough one for him. And um, we had a couple other semifinalists. Well, before we even get into that, yeah. we had uh, Mr. Mr. Battles back, uh, Jack Clarahan, who – um, I forget, uh, Round Guy Radio has a nice little nickname for him from football season. Yeah. Uh, but he had to come all the way back after the second round to, to get third. You know, yeah, he was like, you know, I think he had one of the more impressive performances just because, uh, you know, I mean, besides the one loss and it was a 9-8 decision in the quarter, in the quarterfinals, I mean, he pretty much dominated the competition. Yeah, he did. Obviously, he won his first match. He, he had received a bye because I think he was the third late, uh, rated wrestler at 170 yep. in Class 1A. He had an 8-0 decision, obviously, in, uh, in the uh, quarterfinals. Uh, narrowly missed the uh, semifinals, as I mentioned, nine eight decision, and then you mentioned wrestling back. I mean, he just was a force. Then you know, ten uh, five, um, and then he got a pin, uh, and then that you know that gave him. So after the ten five uh, decision, and then the pin, uh, he earned a spot in the uh, in the third place match with that one, and uh, you know ended up winning it by a major decision, fourteen four, to earn that uh, third place spot. So 
you know, um, you know, I think he had one of the more impressive performances coming in and maybe one of those wrestlers that, you know, wasn't talked about enough or just how good he was. Yeah, yeah. And I agree. And uh, well, and then I know that the next kid, um, maybe the next kid you got planned to talk about is another one that kind of, um, I was going to say Russell Coyle from Columbus was mm-hmm. our Cinderella story. Yeah, yeah. And he, he was kind of in the, he was in the, the February madness bracket a little bit at, um, at two a, um, two eighty five. Right, because he mm-hmm. he ended up in the semifinals, eighteen versus a fourteen, which yeah. is crazy in, yeah. in state wrestling. That does not happen very often. Yeah, you know, we we were kind of talking about this. Obviously, mentioned he was an eighteen seed, so you know, uh, you know, one of those by you know the paper, I guess you wouldn't expect to you know be yeah. in the semis. But I mean, you know, he showed out in his first couple of matches there. Obviously, uh, he uh, started out uh, with the tournament, opened it up with a four three decision victory, um, and then you know followed it up with a five two. A decision that got him into the uh, semifinals, uh, or in the quarterfinals, excuse me. And then, uh, you know, just kept kind of rolling after that 9-2 victory uh, to get in the semis. And then, obviously, he's one win away from, uh, you know, being in that state finals match. Falls by 3-2 decision, so really that could have went either way. And then, obviously, uh, you know, he kind of had a rough outing uh, the rest of the way out to get to sixth place. But, um, um, you know, nevertheless, he's one spot away from the – from the state title match, and uh-huh. um, you know, no one was probably really expecting that. Looking at the paper, yeah, and he's got one more. He's a junior. He's got one more year to do. Yeah. We'll see what he seeds. The seedings. Um, I think track wrestling does a lot of the seedings now, and so I don't know exactly what the formula is. Um, I'm going to complain about that later when I talk about Aaron Boone from Washington getting the ten. But um, you got another one to talk to before, talk about yep, before yep. that. Um, so the last one to uh, make the semifinals was uh, Carlos uh, Valenzuela from uh, Highland. Um, obviously coming in, I believe he was the fourth rated. Uh, wrestler um, coming into that one. Uh, let me pull it up here. I'm going to pull it up to you here. I'm trying to find it here. So, um, you know, coming in, he had, he received the first round by, obviously, um, being uh, the, that fourth-rated wrestler there um, at uh, 132 in Class 1A. Um, so, you know, right out the gate, got back-to-back victory, uh, victories uh, by 3-1 decision to open it up, and then he, uh, he got a pin in the uh, second round. Uh, in four minutes and 43 seconds. You know, that moved him on to the semifinal round, and, you know, really just a tough match for him. Uh, um, uh, he lost by Tech Fall 16-0 in that semifinal match. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that bumped him down to the uh, the consolation bracket, and he kind of, you know, had a little tough run through there. I mean, in the uh, fifth-place match, uh, he lost narrowly 6-5, uh, so that, you know, they bumped him to six, but... Um, you know, he had a great, great season. He's a senior too. Had a great career. Sixth place was our was our most common. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> you got two right there with Coyle and um, and um, and Valenzuela. <laughs> and I've got a couple more for you. Um, we'll talk about Aaron Boone from Washington, who took the road less traveled to uh, a sixth place match uh, at two a uh, one twenty here. Uh, so when the brackets came out, we were looking at him, and that's probably the number one kid that I looked at the seedings, and I was like, "What? That doesn't make any sense." Uh, because he was at, um, oh, he's not two a one twenty, is he? He's, um, oh yeah, he is. I just got the wrong bracket up. Because um, he had the ten seed, which he's been ranked pretty high all year, yeah. um, and he just beat the Notre Dame kid um, CJ Davis. I yep. uh, forget which CJ it is sometimes. Um, who got the five seed? Yep. So I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense for him to get the the ten seed in this. And then, of course, he t- he tech followed his first kid, where someone said, "There's our <laughs> there's our brains working. We yep. knew he shouldn't have been the ten seed." <laughs> he loses um, to um, uh, Carson Less of West Delaware, eight seven in the second round. Heart heartbreaker decision. So now he's to the consolation. Blows through the consolation bracket. Um, he wins uh, one, two, three. Uh, four matches in the consolation bracket in a row, including 
a uh, 8-3 decision over Les of West Delaware. So he got got him back there, mm-hmm. um, and he was able to uh, advance to that um, sixth-place um, match um, as well. And he also ended up in – we had a tough time in the – sorry, the fifth-place match. We had yeah, a tough yeah. time in the fifth-place matches. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, he's a sophomore. He has had some bad luck because last year he had a little injury problem, and he Should had a injured. really tough – he had a really tough um, – bracket to get to state which he did not do and now this year he kind of got gypped a little bit in my opinion on the 10 seed yeah. and he, he still comes out as number six so that was pretty crazy um for him um and then we had um uh, let's see um samo of uh gate samo of waco ends mm-hmm. up sixth another situation where he had to climb back yep. a little bit um and, and that was one of those things where i was looking through on saturday morning to make sure we had everybody and and I was like, man, we've got four kids in the sixth place matches. Yeah. Um, he's a young guy, so um, that's that, that ended up being Waco's best wrestler. We thought Loudon Housengate, uh, who was in the yep. exact same bracket. He got injured in that first round. And Dominic Lopez, we thought that he had a chance to be in the at least the semifinals. So he had a chance to wrestle against uh, Dominic, and he got hurt yep. tough, and then he had to take injury forfeits. So yep. um, otherwise, I'm sure that Waco would have had two in the top, you know, five or six. Um, and then we had some eighth-place uh, finishes. Uh, most notable around the state yep. was Rihanna Utterback of Sigourney Kyoto, who, um, as we talked about at the beginning of the year, um, foregoed, foregoed, foregone. The girls chose not to chose take not part. to take part in the girls league or whatever. Uh, so she was ineligible for the girls tournament because she wanted to wrestle against the boys. Mm-hmm. And guess what? The second ever girl in Iowa high school history. And I think that there's an extra. There's an extra impressiveness that she could have wrestled yeah. against the girls. You know, I, I yeah. can't speak for the first girl who who did this. Whether she would have made the same decision, right, right. Um, but to go out and get eighth place, uh, to get eighth place at one a one o six, she was the eight seed. She got a bye. Um, she beat uh, Clayton Ridge's uh, Eric Flores to get there, and then she lost to the one seed to get down to the consolation match. But then she only needed to win one game to get on the or one uh, match to get on the podium, and um, she went one and two in the Consolations, uh, 7-2 decision uh, over a um, kid from Earlham there. Uh, and I saw the video of that, and, and it was a special moment because that was when she clinched yep. the, the podium. So that was really cool. Yeah, a really cool story and obviously historical. I mean, I can't remember what year it was. Uh, it was a while back, that, I know. That, um, the first uh, you know, girl made the podium. But, I mean, you know, I've seen her wrestle live. I saw I mean, the only time I really saw her live was last year at uh, Wapolo. Um you know, she's good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing else you could say about it, man. I mean, I mean, she's good. And you got, you know, these pictures of her, like, you know, grab, you know, holding her legs up. I love, I love it. Yeah. Uh, also, she's only a sophomore. Yeah, I know. And that's crazy too. You never know with 106 because you don't know exactly what the kids' weights are. Usually 106 is filled with freshmen and sophomores. Yeah. And then you get a little bigger and then you're 113, 120, whatever. Uh, I think Marcel Lopez even did he start at 106. Dom's brother, who's I, so. I think his first so. one was in 106. So I think there are maybe two old upperclassmen in her bracket there. But it just if she stays at 106, even 113, you know, she could be a junior senior going against uh, younger kids here in the future. And also. it's not even you know, and right now, even though she's young, you know younger, it's not even like she's losing like you know badly. Like she's not getting yeah. tech fault. You know what I mean? Like she's you know competing, which is. You know, who knows? She could be, and she could very well be in the top three. Like yeah. you know, by by the even next year, by the time she's a senior. Yeah, and then um, so we also had another eighth place with Luke Guzman of of Highland. Mm-hmm. He ended up uh, winning four matches to get eighth. He was at one a one twenty. Um, he actually had to win three matches in the consolation round. So we have a pretty similar story for a lot of our 
um, our sixth and eighth grade or eighth place finishers. Um, it's just that we got a little unlucky that they were they were they have even their their placements are the even numbers, which means they lost mm-hmm. in that those last matches, those fifth and seventh matches. Um, other than Boone, Washington didn't get any wins uh, as a team. Uh, Fairfield went one and eight uh, on the day. Um, so Kale McCabe got got their one win of the day, and we had a few other. Uh, Michael Rains won three for New London. Um, we had um, a couple from Trent Rick, uh, Trent Wilkerson from New London. Um, Kai Malone uh, mm-hmm. won the Southeast Iowa Union uh, Showdown Championship yep, between uh, him and uh, Dre Smithberg yep. of, of Fairfield in the first round. Uh, he ended up winning a couple, and Blake Jewell of uh, Pekin went two, two and two. As did Jake Moore of Sigourney Kyoto. Mm-hmm. So we had plenty of uh, yeah. victories uh, yeah. this weekend. I don't know. The next time we'll see. 32 of our kids go up. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. Uh, but that was exhausting. So um, that's, that's a lot. That was tough. That's tough to cover when we have 32. There have oh, been yeah. years when we have like, you know, 15. And that's a lot right. easier. <laughs> and you but, can remember, you can, you know, remember where everybody's at in the bracket. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. And a little bit, uh, another state um, tournament that just happened a little fresher on our minds because it just happened yesterday. Uh, Ethan Cass of Fairfield, a sophomore, um, was at the Class 1A bowling tournament in um, Waterloo. Mm-hmm. I, I always want to call Waterloo Muscatine and Muscatine Waterloo. I don't know why. I'm um, sorry about that, Joe Weiskamp, if you're watching <laughs> from Muscatine. Um, but um, he had a, a Cinderella run. He didn't do very good at the Commerce Championship. He went out and bowled a 7, let's see, what was a 708. That's a three game average, 708 in the state qualifier last week to get second place. Um, and so he was at state yesterday. Um, he didn't quite have the, have the umph that he did in the state qualifier. Um, he ended up um, 31st place with a 482. He rolled a 152, 154, and 176. So um, a little lower than he. He yeah. went 200 and above in the state qualifier, but um, he was able to represent the the area pretty well. I really love how they do state bowling, by the way, because yeah. what they do is you have 32 kids. Oh, 32. No, that's the number of the day. Yeah, it must be. Uh, <laughs> uh, 32 kids that um, are are – they all bowl three games, and the top eight then do a bracket play, and they do one-on-one uh, games, which is pretty cool. I've never seen state bowling, so. The kid that won, uh, he was the one seed by far, and he bowled 246, 259, 267 <laughs> in the tournament. Oh, his, my. The first round, he only won by 10, and the, uh, the semifinals and finals, he blew the his opponent out. So Where that was um, St. Albert's Council Bluffs, Adam oh. Denny. So he'll probably be on the the PGA yeah. tour. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully, Denny's is uh, is sponsoring the PGA tours when he uh, when he shows up. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. that's what we got for wrestling and bowling um, state tournaments all over. We've got a lot of basketball to talk about. Yep. We're going to talk about the big school tur- boys tournament here um, after this commercial break. So stick with us for two minutes, and we will be back. Federation Bank is a locally owned bank providing award winning customer service. We believe that we are more than just a federation of banks but a federation of communities serving Brighton, Richland, Wellman, Washington, Iowa. Federation Bank's highly skilled staff is here to make sure you are able to accomplish your personal and professional goals, whatever they may be. Federation Bank, your family bank. Hospice isn't a place, it's a type of care that focuses on living. Servicing a seven-county area, the Hospice of Washington County staff of nurses, social work, hospice aides, spiritual and grief support, volunteers, music and massage therapists are able to provide free end-of-life care where the patient lives. 
We write wills, give consent for organ donation, but rarely is there a plan for what we would want the final phase of our lives. At Hospice of Washington County, we encourage our patients to be in charge of their health care decisions while maintaining quality of life. At the Cabber Auto Group, we put our customers' needs first and understand that everyone is as different as the vehicle they select. We offer new Ford, Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, Jeep, Chrysler, Dodge, and Ram vehicles in a friendly environment that puts you in the driver's seat. When it comes to service, we maintain factory-trained technicians and competitive pricing. The Capper Auto Group still believes that service after the sale provides the best customer experience. Come see the Capper experience for yourself. Tammy takes the time and has the personal interest in each one of us. I don't worry about what's going to happen because I know my policy is taken care of. She pulls what I need and puts it together, which is the program I get from her. Every year she calls around September or so and says, there's changes again, and I'm gonna do the best thing for you. It's been perfect. She does a great job. We're back with breaking news from the comment section. Uh, Dave Johnson of Brown Guy Radio has notified us of the nicknames that we forgot before the um, commercial break. Jack the Ripper Clarahan, I should have remembered that one, and then um, Russell the Cobra Coil, which is funny because Russell Coil is a, also he's a wildcat, and Jack Clarahan actually is a cobra. Yeah, that's kind of funny. funny enough. But but that makes sense. <laughs> coil, right? Co- does a cobra coil? <coughs> cobra coil, yeah. Co- cobra coils. Snakes coil. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so I got yeah. myself distracted and didn't even bring up my stories. But um, Want me to jump the leap? Uh, well, you're next up because we're going to talk about some uh, – we're going to talk about – you're not next up. I fibbed. Yeah, we're going to talk right. about some big school basketball. <laughs> and no, we're good. The Class 3A Substate 6 basketball tournament is underway, yep. and it was one of the tightest tournament uh, – First round brackets. Yeah. Every single game was 15 points or less, and three of them were single digits yep. of the four um, in this tournament. And I was at um, Washington Fairfield Part 3. You were at the first two. Yep. So maybe part three. Hunter Muller is a good luck charm for the Washington Demons, and Andy Kretzinger is a good luck charm for the Fairfield Trojans, perhaps. Must because be. uh, Washington won not only the first two, but the senior class from Fairfield had not beaten Washington ever. Eight games in a row, Washington had beaten Fairfield Man. boys basketball. A lot of those games were really close, yeah. but eight games in a row, and it was the Fairfield Trojans. The biggest one. One of the hottest teams in uh, our area for sure. Um, 57-51 to 51 and a wacky one on Monday, a wild yeah. one. Um, they uh, led 15 to 11 after one quarter. Um, they were up, um, you know, ten, they got up to 10 and down to two or three um, throughout the next couple of quarters. Um, they built a lead despite not having the services of J.J. Land or Tate Allen. They're starting back court for a lot of the first half because of foul trouble. And Mr. Max Wheaton uh, once again was able to lead the way. Mm-hmm. Um, 22 points in this for Max. Uh, and he also had eight rebounds and I believe two blocks. And um, he had the, one of the most clutch buckets of the entire uh, postseason so far. Washington had finally kind of found their stride. Um, they got it down to four in the fourth quarter with just two minutes left. Now, Fairfield led the entire game. So they finally got the game down to four. Uh, and Fairfield's got the ball. The clock is bleeding out. And uh, Max finds himself at the top of the key beyond the three-point line, launches it. Uh, he only ta- he'd only taken one other three. He took a rock and jock three at the end of the half uh, <laughs> because he had to and airballed it. 
Uh, this one drains in. It was an absolute dagger for Washington. Um, mm-hmm. Seven-point lead at that point for the Trojans. And um, as I mentioned, he ends up with 22 points, and that was a big, big one. Also, Riley Perkins with nine points on three three-pointers for the Trojans. Um, Tate Allen had eight points. Um, Sam Wheaton and uh, Ryan Higgins both played very, very well, seven points apiece, and they had a ton of uh, little weak side offensive rebounds. Those two, um, especially with the starting backcourt out, made the difference in that they were able to fight alongside uh, Max against um, uh, a very lengthy Washington team uh, down low for some rebounds. Uh, And J.J. Lane only had to score. He only played enough to score four points, which is pretty um, crazy. Washington, uh, Ethan Patterson ends his career with a 21-point outing, one of the top scorers in Washington high school history. Um, Logan McDowell, who's going to be uh, the the future of this Washington yep. Demon um, uh, franchise, I almost said, but program, <laughs> uh, 13 points. Uh, Aiden, 6'10", Avery, 6'5", AJ, 6'2". So Washington's um, seniors go out. That's a, a really talented senior class that they're losing. They have a lot to to build on there, Evan Vanderbilt, also a senior, so almost mm. everybody but, but McDowell that gets regular playing time um, will need to be replaced. And the Fairfield Trojans are on to face number six, Newton, tomorrow night at Newton. Yep. A little bit of a drive. Um, Newton beat Oscos by 14 points, so the Trojans have uh, the opportunity of a lifetime. And um, yeah. a little secret about Newton, their best player is a, a post, much like Fairfield. It's yep. going to be a little battle inside. Yeah, you know, looking at that one, the guards might be end up being the difference in that one. That's usually what happens, right? And if you want to look at it, you know, beating Oskaloosa, I don't know if you like looking at it like this, but, you know, I think, uh, you know, Oskaloosa was played Washington close for about a half, and then Washington really kind of, you know, blew them out after that. So, I mean, yep. if that's anything to look at, I mean, obviously – Teams can be completely different by you know that time from the end of the but season, but, but by the transitive <laughs> property, you can see that. Fair, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's not like it's not. It's not just a win. you know they're walking up there and going to get blown out. Well, yeah. and and Fairfield has played. I mean, they're best basketball right now. Iowa City High, Burlington, West yeah. Burlington, who's one game away from the state tournament. Yeah. Um, in in Class Two A, and so that that game's uh, seven o'clock at Newton High School. So they got a nice school over there. If you want to take the drive over there, which uh, you will be doing <laughs> yep. tomorrow night, so yep. uh, fun. And then I will be with Mount Pleasant. And why yep. will I be with Mount Pleasant tomorrow night? Well, that's because Mount Pleasant uh, won their first uh, first um, district game over Fort Madison. Similar uh, scenario. Third time the Panthers meet in the Bloodhounds uh, in the season, and Mount Pleasant wins it narrowly, forty to thirty-eight. Um, you know, really in this one, uh, Mount Pleasant just couldn't find a way to pull away. Uh, mm-hmm. It was eight 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 after um, one, um, heading to the second. Um, Aiden Ashen, Mount Pleasant's uh, second leading scorer, um, behind Peyton Higgins, who's dealing with a uh, foot injury. Yep. So their top Mount Pleasant's top two sto- scorers and uh, senior Owen Van Sickle really stepped up in the uh, in the second quarter. There scored nine of Mount Pleasant's fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, they, out, you say Aiden was out with foul troubles. With that foul troubles. Okay. Yeah, two fouls. Sitting with two fouls, and uh, you know Mount Pleasant only outscored him fifteen thirteen. But uh, you know. Coming in just to keep that distance was huge for them, mm. especially uh, you know how it shook out in the end. Um, it was uh, twenty only twenty three twenty one heading into uh, halftime. Uh, in, in the third, kind of the same story. Mount Pleasant just kind of edged them a little bit there. Uh, Drake Anderson hit a uh, massive three with about thirty five oh, seconds really? left as the shot clock expired. It was it was dang near from the logo. Uh, he hit that three and that was huge with also how <laughs> how tight this game was down the stretch. Uh-huh. So Mount Pleasant took the uh, third fourteen ten. Uh, you know, led 37-31. And in the fourth, it was, uh, you know, each each team's kind of struggled to put the ball in the basket. It was, you know, kind of a defensive outing. Um, but, you know, uh, Mount Pleasant or Fairfield or Fairfield, Fort Madison scored seven in the fourth and uh, Mount Pleasant three. 
Um, but Fort Madison 7 came uh, at a crucial time within the final minute there, uh, made it 39-38. Um, really, you know, came down to uh, defense for uh, the Panthers um, with 42.8 seconds left. Uh, they were able to force a shot clock violation, got the ball back. Um, you know, they missed uh, – I think they went one for three from the free throw line. Could had a chance to make it a, a, a three point game there, but mm. just couldn't get the free throws in. Um, came down court on another uh, Fort Madison possession, got him into a tough lay in. I uh, got the foul. This is you know probably the point of the game is uh, Owen, uh, Van Sickle. I uh, got the ball. Kind of they were kind of scrapping for the ball. He got it, uh, and I it looked like it was they were going to call a jump ball, but they ended up calling a foul in Fort Madison. Oh yeah, and uh, they were they were in the bonus. So Van Sickle came down court, hit one for two. Um, and missed the second, and the ball kind of went off the back of the rim, and Ashton was back in at this time. Somehow he got like a fingertip on it, and the ball ended up for the offensive board in Vin Sickles' hands, and he was able to kind of run around. And, and oh, by he the, by, led the yeah, clock off a little bit. By the time he, he was fouled, there was point six on the clock. And, uh, um, yeah, basically, you know, with point six on the clock, Fort Madison, when they got the ball back, they had to, uh, you know, they called the timeout, but um, – with point six, they tried throwing it full court, and Ashen picked it off, and um, Malpuzzle was able to survive in advance. I remember I was I was um, wondering because I was like I was looking and I knew that Fort Madison was supposed to have the ball to chance to win it. And I kept refreshing our Twitter to see what you're tweeting uh, while I was at my game to see uh, if they could hold on there. But yeah, uh, we don't know the. Of course, I think I did. I say this last week that since we're just we're we cover prep sports, so we don't really dig into injuries and stuff like yeah. that, and and you know make the coaches be like, when when Peyton Hagen's gonna come back? <laughs> but uh, we don't know. Um, but he has a hurt foot, so he. Yep. I assume he's gonna be out tomorrow night. I don't know, and uh, it'll be a tough one against Solon. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we if I went up there and or you know if we we witnessed it and all the he's just out there playing. I wouldn't be. Surprised yeah, I wouldn't either. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, I I wouldn't either. But. Um, uh, Solon is a team that uh, only beat Kia Cook by mm-hmm. nine, so it's not it's, again. It's there. It's not crazy to think that tomorrow night yeah. we're going to watch Fairfield and Mount Pleasant yeah. both win their games, and that they're going to be playing each other for a game of the state. It's not probable, yeah. um, but you know, I would say that um, Fairfield's a little bit. Of, obviously, they're an underdog being on the road yeah. against the one seed, and um, with Higgins, I think Mount Pleasant's a slight favorite. Without, I would say, well, with 100% Higgins, I'd say that they were a slight favorite. You know, without, I'm sure it's at least a coin flip mm-hmm. of not in Solon's favor. Um, tomorrow night, all of that game is in Mount Pleasant tomorrow right, night. Right. So, and and one thing I forgot to mention, Van Sickle finished with 16 in this one mm. uh, to lead the Panthers. Um, Ashton was seven. Um, Nate Stroud and uh, Noah Lang, uh, both with four, and then um, Carter Amos, uh, Drake Anderson, and uh, Christian Stacy all had three. So, I'm looking at the box score here. By the way, uh, they only uh, Mount Pleasant only shot six three pointers the whole yep. night, which is uncharacteristic, obviously. Yep. Uh, but they made three of them, and, and that's uh, Drake Anderson, a sophomore, one for one. Christian Stacy, a freshman, one for one. Those came up huge. Yeah, that's what we kind of talked about. Is you know they had yeah you know with your leading scorer out and you know then your second leading scorer has to sit down. Yeah. In the second quarter that was kind of one of the uh, you know the big things. Who's going to step up? Step up and obviously Owen Van Sickles you know had to do that and uh, you know he did not disappoint and and some other guys stepped up. The younger guys that don't you know see the floor a lot but have getting have been getting playing time as of late. Uh, with with the uh, Higgins injury have uh, you know uh, helped them uh, win some games and you know they're moving on so. For sure, that's that's uh, going to be a wild one. By the way, Fort Madison uh, played Washington and Burlington close the last couple weeks. So anybody, yep. any Mount Pleasant uh, fans out there that have their they're crying into their pillows because they only beat them <laughs> Fort Madison by a couple of points. It's going to be okay. Fort Madison was was playing a lot better at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. So those are exciting games tomorrow night. Yep. And and again, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be stunned if um, 
Hopefully no one saw that split come out. I wouldn't be <laughs> stunned if Fairfield and Mount Pleasant can pull those games off. Um, and we're going to pull off another two-minute break. We have a, a very yep. important segment coming up because we're going to talk about um, some huge games last night in the small school boys and then a mm-hmm. huge game that I will be going to in a few hours uh, <laughs> on the girls' side. So uh, stick with us. when you're talking about your dreams, which is why we're going to keep you covered with plans that can save you up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto. That's protection. Family owned and operated by Andy and Sarah Ross, Ross Auto has been your vehicle repair and maintenance headquarters since 1935. We specialize in all makes of cars and light duty trucks. With our variety of available services, let us help you keep rolling and your vehicle operating efficiently. Services include general auto repair, alignments, brakes, fuel injection, and more. Schedule your appointment today at 319-653-5656. That's Welcome back to Southeast Iowa <laughs> Union Sports Talk Live. I'm um, Andy Kressinger. This is Hunter Muller. Yep. We got Nick Steffens over here. What did I call you last uh, week? Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. <laughs> Nick Mullins over here. That was great. Uh, uh, good times. Um, we're going to talk a little small school basketball and uh, one of the more, actually one of two of the more anticipated games of the week were covered by Mr. Hunter Muller, and they were the Henry County showdowns between New London and Waco last week. And then New London went to Union. The talk of the of the at least on on my online circles um, today. Has, can you tell me a little bit about how New London has has vanquished the other Henry County foes? Yeah, I mean against uh, you know Waco. I mean no more important time than you know the final basically twenty seconds of that game. Uh-huh. Uh, obviously, you know way you know free throws were kind of the difference on Waco's end in that one. Obviously, New London led pretty much from the second quarter all the way till about a minute to go in the fourth. Uh, Waco, Waco ended up taking a uh, um, a four point lead, um, and with about twenty seconds to go, uh, the ball, you know, New London got about three offensive boards, and the last one fell into the hands of Blaze Porter, and uh, he got the foul and one uh, connected on the free throw to bring it within one. By that time, the shot clock was off, so uh, you know New London was forced to foul. Um, Waco missed both at the line; uh, they were in the double bonus there, and missed both at the line. New London came down court. Uh, the three was uh, Blaze Porter's three was off. They were down one at this uh, at this point, um, fifty nine sixty, and uh, uh, Cade Benjamin got the offensive board, put it up and in with the foul, uh, and um, 
by that time, there was 4.5 left, 4.3 left. Um, he missed the foul shot, but New London was uh, up one. And, you know, they came down court. Waco came down court. Odie Shevinchek got a pretty good look at a three, and it ended up rim, rimming out. And, uh, you know, pretty huge upset for New London. And, obviously, that led us into uh, into last night's game. Yeah, and last night um, they met up at Meepo. Yep. The, the um, game I uh, was kind of covering Kyoto's game remotely, and so I also was peeking in on – Winfield and New London, and it was quite a story of, of not really a tale of two halves, yeah. more like the tale of three quarters yeah, and yeah. one quarter, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, really hi- highly anticipated, and we were talking about this on the way up, obviously. Whenever a game's played at Meepo, it's not very, they don't have a, it's not very big, you know, there's, and pretty much it felt like the whole towns were there from each school, so, mm-hmm. you know, kudos to the fans, especially for, you know, because I don't think there was an open seat in the, in the house. Um, but you knew, you mentioned, it was basically the tale of about, uh, you know, almost three quarters. Uh, you know, the story in the first was really uh, no one could stop Blaze Porter, needless to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that was kind of, you know, after talking to Clay, after uh, Coach Edwards after the game, obviously that was kind of something they wanted to focus on. Um, you mentioned their transition D, but uh, Blaze Porter was basically flawless in the first half. I mean, he was getting to the rim at ease. Uh, he was pulling up from mid-range, like mm-hmm. knocking it down. Uh, he had 19 at the half. Um, and, you know, New London never trailed in this game, uh, but it got really dicey at the end. I know you can attest to that, obviously. Um, you know, at the half, it was 30, 38-21. Uh, obviously, in the first quarter, it was 19-12. You know, pretty close there. Winfield was hanging on, and then uh, New London just kind of kept up the pace. Um, it was, you know, the first and second quarter were pretty similar. It was just uh, New London was kind of getting what they what they wanted, it felt like. Uh-huh. Winfield just struggled to get them. I felt like Winfield got good looks. Um, you know, they just couldn't get it to fall, really. And, yeah. uh, and you know, um, Kudos to New London for playing some good defense, um, but uh, you know, I, I you know Clay was talking, Coach Edwards was talking about kind of he felt like they got good looks, they just didn't hit, and that was yeah. kind of the difference. They're you know just not connecting on those those easy ones in the first uh, first half there, mm-hmm. but um, you know into the third quarter, uh, New London got into into some foul trouble. Uh, obviously, um, kind of late in the third quarter, with about a uh, minute fifty two to go, uh, Porter picked up his fourth foul. Um, and you know, great, great coaching by uh, Ed, Coach yeah. Edwards there. Because as soon as he got his fourth foul, uh, Winfield, uh, you know, whipped it around in the wing, and uh, Carter Lloyd got the ball, uh, went right at uh, Porter, dribbled it right into Dribb- him. dribbled right at to him. Porter kind of reached in. They got called for the foul. So with 58 seconds left, uh, you know, pretty much the the you know. Benjamin was having a Cade Benjamin was having a heck of a game too, but you know the guy that was bringing the ball up the court was really attacking, uh, you know, from the outside getting to the rim, uh, you know, just went down for New London and obviously the Winfield side absolutely went ecstatic. Yeah, it did because he couldn't. He had twenty three points until you know up at that up until that point, and really he was kind of the facilitator, you know, as we've seen all season with him. But uh, the game kind of changed from then on because. Uh, you know, the main ball handler. Obviously, Winfield slaps on the press in the fourth. They end up out, outscoring New London 20-8 to eight in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, got it down to, I believe, a five. Um, they're real late, but, you know, time just wasn't on their side. Uh-huh. you got to give credit. Um, some New London uh, kids stepped up. Uh, Leo, uh, I can never say his last yeah, name. Yeah, Grabauer. There we go. Fast. <laughs> yeah, but, he uh, played but, a great game, Leo. Yeah, but he, uh, he kind of became uh, New London's main ball handler. And, uh, you know, he did really well at, you know, just bringing the ball up, protecting it, and, no, not giving giving them easy buckets off the uh, off the press, and um, yeah, I mean it was a great game. Uh, all in all, obviously, um, it was looking it was looking you know pretty pretty dim or I guess grim for Winfield there for about yeah. two and a half quarters. Um, but uh, you know they never gave up, and uh, you know we've kind of seen that all season from um, uh, Porter ends with twenty three. Obviously, had twenty three when he fouled out there the third, um, and then uh, Benjamin had nineteen for him. 
Uh, Buffington won a night. Uh, once again, obviously, he's always going to get his 30 points and uh, 12 boards. Avram Edwards, 13 points, 12 boards. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> it ended up being as close as we thought, but it didn't look that way through, it, three, through three quarters. It, yeah, it was, just <laughs> so, uh, crazy. it was almost like there was an hourglass, like, just, like, ticking away. Like, yeah. can New England hold on? And New did a great job. I thought, um, looking at on that, um, the, um, Cam Buffington came down and hit a three at one point to cut it to, like, seven. Yep. And there were still four-ish minutes left. Yep. And that was the first time I was like, oh, I think Winfield might actually win this game because I, I counted on without without uh, Blaze taking the ball up that they were going to force a couple turnovers, but they did not. They didn't They didn't force the – I thought they were going to get a turnover layup, turnover layup, and yep. it was going to be something that came down right to the end. Um, and that was a, definitely a game where I think if, if Winfield would have sent it to overtime, it oh, would have yeah. felt like the way of the world was on New London. Yeah, and, you know, and – we were talking about this, obviously. Uh, you know, aside from bringing the ball up, I felt like their clock management was fantastic. It obviously, was. obviously, you know, they got it down to five there, but like for the most part, most you know, for the most part in the fourth quarter, like New London was running down the shot clock to at least three seconds. You know, pretty much uh-huh. every time. Like if they weren't, if they weren't getting, you know, basically, I was, you know, one of the things Kate Benjamin said that. You know, they wanted to run down the clock because they didn't want them to have as much time, which yeah. is you know, smart when you're in a game and, you know, you're probably your best players uh, <laughs> off gone. the floor and, mm-hmm. you, you know, you can't re- you know re- rely on his handles to kind of bring the ball up. So, um, you know, overall, it's just kind of execution by anyone in the end and, you know, obviously great fight shown by, mm-hmm. by the Wolves in the end as well to, you know, take advantage of what they were giving them. Yeah, I'd say first off, those big two for New London, if they can play like that and stay in the game, they yep. play Marquette Catholic um, at Solon Saturday. on Saturday night yep. for the, to go to the state tournament, which they have not done. Uh, mm-hmm. Blaze Porter and Cade Benjamin, as, as good as they've been, they've got close every single year, and this could be their one breakout year. If they play like that and they get the exact shots they got against Winfield, yeah. uh, I don't see how you can stop those two. By the way, Cade had some crazy dunks, yeah, yeah. Uh, three yeah. of them. Yeah. Uh, just insane stuff you don't really see in a high school um, court. Yeah, and you got to give credit, you know, I think to Winfield. Obviously, their season ends 19-5, but look at them. They're going to be scary next year. They're going to be absolutely I mean, stacked. I mean, you know, looking look, looking at – basically, they return like 90% of their their scores, rebounders. Uh-huh. I mean, it's going to be <laughs> – It's going <laughs> to be, be crazy. crazy but, uh, you know, you just got to say, you know, I guess in this one, kudos to New London and, you know, kudos to uh, Winfield on a great season and putting up a great fight, obviously, in the end. Sure. There, we have two teams – in the small schools that basically bring everybody or close to everybody back yeah. that are going to be, you know, that much better next year. Uh, and they're the two teams that lost last night. Winfield, obviously, yeah. they're going to be a force. And the Kyoto Eagles, they had their hands full last night uh, against Gladbrook Ryan back at Grinnell High School. Um, that is a team with, with only two seniors and one and only, only Aiden Anderson really gets a ton of playing time. And um, they'd won 11 games going into that game um, last night against the third-ranked uh, Gladbrook uh, Rhinebeck teams and the key last night uh, in in my opinion looking at the stats of Gladbrook was to somehow slow down this uh, senior they've got William uh, Kuberus uh, for <laughs> Gladbrook Rhinebeck I love him he is they're everything um, he's got ridiculous numbers and um, the uh, the Eagles were unable to do that so close your ears Kyoto fans for the stat line 33 points nine rebounds six assists five steals and two blocks that kid is a monster he's a senior um, and he was just too much for the for the Eagles. Um, they went down twenty in the um, in the third quarter. Uh, they, they were sticking kind of close um, there in the first quarter. I think it was a six point game after one quarter. As I get my my box score thing up here, um, they were down twenty something late in the third. They came um, within twenty in the fourth. They kind of cut it back. Let's see, it was twenty to fourteen after the first quarter. Forty eight or forty one to twenty eight at halftime. 
Then it got a little bad with 62 to 39 after three quarters. They brought that back within 20, uh, but just didn't have enough time uh, to, to knock these guys off. So um, after 11 straight wins, the Kyoto Eagles have been mm-hmm. um, vanquished. Um, Cole Kindred had 15 last night. Uh, so you're stout 10. That's a junior. Those are two juniors. Those are a very junior-led Kyoto team. So they've got one, at least one more year of, of being very competitive. Because mm-hmm. um, sophomore uh, Billy Kindred with, with nine last night. Evan Vitito and Tanner Waterhouse both with four. Yep. Um, those are both juniors as well. So Kyoto has one more year of, of – they won 21 games this year. Yeah. So next year you might see a little Winfield Kyoto in one of these – these big games. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? That would be pretty be cool. A great matchup. Yeah, that'll be a great matchup. So those are the the two scariest teams next yeah. year are the ones that lost in the semifinals for us this this year. So um, yeah. that's all for boys until yeah. uh, tomorrow night. Yeah. But how about we the, have how a about game. some Winfield girls? We have a game tonight. <laughs> we have a game in a few hours. We have a game that I will be swimming to, <laughs> and the rain soaked uh, Highway 218 <laughs> because it's not going to let up all day. Um, and uh, the reason is because Winfield Mount Union. After time and time again um, having their hearts broken against the Notre Dame Nikes, finally got the monkey off their back yep. on um, on Friday night. This is on Friday in the uh, our only regional final game. Yep, fifty-seven to fifty-four, Winfield Mount Union over Notre Dame. They took the lead early. Uh, they actually scored the first seven points of the game, and it just felt like they were clinging on and, and, uh, to that lead. Um, and it just seemed like every single time that. You got that feeling like, oh, here we go. Notre yeah. Dame's down two or three. Oh, One more shot. They're going to take the lead. You know, it's going to be trouble. Um, Winfield Mount Union on, on this night, on this Friday night, made all the plays that they needed to um, to hold off the Nikes. And of all the, the exhaling, we talked about that with the Fairfield boys finally beating Washington boys. Uh, this one, you could tell, was a big one. Um, it was a wild celebration. Um, Melina Epping, another great game. Uh, 19 points. Uh, for her, and 11 rebounds and five steals. Fantastic play. Uh, Brady Buffington, 13 points. Um, by the way, there was, uh, there was a point there where I got real scary. It was about, about a three- or four-point game. Uh, Brady Buffington made an amazing pass with about two and a half minutes left maybe, and I felt like if Winfield didn't score on this possession, Notre Dame was going to go out and, and tie the game or, or cut it to one. And she drew uh, two or three defenders and just kind of had a little, little, little fake shot down to Epping for a, um, a layup and um, – uh, yeah, Keaton Townsley had 13 points. Um, she played really good, especially after she got in a little foul trouble, yeah, I believe, yeah. when you uh, – no foul trouble for Keaton on uh, on Friday night. Uh, and then um, Anna Anderson, seven points, including a huge three-pointer at the end of the first half, just launched the thing uh, at the buzzer. <laughs> that was as loud as, as Winfield has gotten since I've probably been covering them. And it was a packed house because Winfield also beat Notre Dame in the boys' tournament yep. that night. Um, before they got knocked out against um, Notre Dame. So real quick, Keely Malone had uh, five there um, uh, for them as well. Um, and uh, anyway, so I thought kind of after after the game watching Winfield beat Notre Dame in girls basketball and in boys, that in this little era of Winfield basketball where they have taken, you know, maybe a few years ago they were below 500 teams. They have risen up to be the, you know, a top team or top two team in the North the last couple of years. And they're winning 20 games and, you know, girls and boys, and they're combined for like 40 wins a season. Well, I think that Friday night was the peak of the new, the new century of Winfield Mount Union basketball. But at the same gym, because of a rain delay, they got to beat Notre Dame twice. So that was pretty cool. You know, it feels, I don't, I, I don't know what it is, but like I, when I watch Winfield, it just seems like they're like such a, like that feels like they've been, I mean, obviously they've been playing together for a long time, yeah. but it feels like, you know, some teams you get where you like lose like so much, and it's obviously just a it's a cycle in high school sports. Uh-huh. But like, 
Like, they have, like, such a great nucleus, like, on they both do. sides, especially the girls' side, because mm-hmm. those, you know, very, you know, senior-led there. And, it, like, they've been playing so well together, and it's, like, almost finally, like, it's their time. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does. Like, that's it what, that's does, what it, it feels does. like. That's a great way to put it. it. It feels like it's their time, knock on wood, because they're playing in a yeah. few hours here against North Nebraska. One thing that I think... They don't have to rely on one person to score all their points. Mm-hmm. Um, Epping and Buffington are their two top scorers and two yeah. top rebounders. But it's anybody's, you know, nobody's scoring like 20 points a game. And also, their guards can get in and rebound, yeah. and their posts can can handle the ball a little bit. And so they kind of, you know, they don't make a lot of dumb turnovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't give up easy boards at all. It's it's yeah. a fight in there. Um, they're 21-1 and one going into tonight against North Mahaska. It's 20-3, and three, and North Mahaska has just wiped out the competition yeah. in the, the last uh, week or so leading up to this, including the tournament. Um, Winfield ranked number 8, North Mahaska ranked number 13. Winfield starts five seniors and brings one sophomore, Josie Nelson, off the bench. North Mahaska starts five sophomores and brings one senior off the bench. So Winfield's a little older, a little more experienced, yeah. Um but as I said, I don't think North Mahaska's district was as good as, as Winfield's to get there, mm-hmm. but they've been killing everybody. So it is uh, a little bit of an unstoppable force, a movable object situation, yep. which we get into a lot in these regional finals. But it's at Williamsburg. Yep. Hopefully I'll make it over there. And if I do, <laughs> I'm going to promise some good pictures because Williamsburg's got a yep. great gym. Um, there's a balcony. Um, there's um, stands behind the basket. If I was away from Mount Union student section, I would try and get there and get behind one of those baskets. Oh, that'd be great. Anybody? I mean, because you can, I that's mean, while they're shooting free throws right there. It's like yeah, because you're shooting, you're shooting free throws right against the. Oh, that's what I would Oh, do. my gosh. Uh, I watched a game. I think Mount Pleasant was up at Marion in a girls' basketball game one time, and they have uh, they had students behind both baskets. Had no chance of, of winning that. Um, those, I'm not sure if there's enough space over there, but if I was if I was a student section, they probably have them marked off where the student sections yeah, are. Yeah, probably do, don't they? But I would stand right behind those baskets. Anyway, um, that's first a shot at the state tournament. Yeah. And um, by the time we have another show, if Winfield wins tonight, then they will have already played their first round matchup. Um, but stay, stay tuned. Stay uh, um, on our Twitter if you're not going up to Williamsburg tonight. I want just about an hour drive from yeah. Winfield. Not too bad. Um, at Union Sports page, we'll have updates. Um, we'll have updates from Fairfield and Mount Pleasant's boys games tomorrow night. And we will have updates from, man, uh, Iowa Wesleyan has a big tournament. They have yep. their conference tournament this weekend. Um, we have New London's game on Saturday. So the next few days will be. Yeah, basically by the time we have our next show, we'll know. Uh, everything. Every, every, we'll know everyone's uh, fate. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we're going to be tired next week because we've got some trips. Especially yep. you're going up over to Newton. So yep. everyone wish us good good driving, yeah. especially night in Williamsburg. Good yeah. Rain. I couldn't believe when I saw how much rain, but hopefully it'll rain down three. So it was nonstop. Girls. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's all we got for the show today. Yep. Um, we're Southeast Iowa Union Sports Talk live. We're in the midst of the, the best part of the winter postseason, and yep. we'll have a big show next week. So stay tuned next week, um, and obviously read the paper. And actually, you know, I mean, could, you're gonna, you can't avoid spoilers just to learn about all right. the show. So uh, <laughs> check us out on Twitter tonight. Yep. Maybe you go to the game. And, uh, yeah, that's all we got. Yeah. I uh, see you. Ooh, when? When? Next, Next week. week.